You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. We're doing a series where we're looking at the beautiful invitations that the Advent season brings to us that the Father invites us into. He invited us into hope. He's invited us into peace. And today we get the beautiful invitation to come into joy. I love this. We're invited to come and see what God sees and to care about what God cares about. Come to have the wonderful privilege of introducing others to the kingdom as we walk alongside the Lord. (laughs) And oftentimes, we don't even realize that he's extending an invitation to us to enter into his joy. So we're looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would release your spirit that we could hear what he's saying to the church today. Would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive the fullness of your love, your gospel message, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we begin with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is Pastor Prime. Her whole life being married to Zechariah, she's borne the shame and disgrace of their culture because she had no offspring, no children. And as you know the story, as, as it was Zechariah's turn to go into the temple and to minister, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gabriel, same one that appeared to Mary. And he appears to him and, and tells him about the son that he's gonna have, and he can't believe it. He's just up. Do you not know how old my wife is and how old I am? Now, this is a man who's read about Abraham and Sarah, okay, 190. They're not, they're not in that level of age yet. And yet, here an angel of the Lord appears, and, and he, can't, he can't believe it. So what happens? He can't speak until the baby's born. So he can't speak, comes out of there, his wife gets pregnant, and then Gabriel comes to Mary. And as we've looked last week and and as we saw what the dynamics between Joseph and Mary as as they're trying to figure out, and Mary has an angel, Gabriel comes to her and tells her, she receives it and believes it. It's still hard to believe since she's a virgin. She's, she's never been with a man. She's had no sexual 
relations, and, and yet she is being impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And it's just like, oh. Now Joseph, he's a righteous man, and he's going to put her away. But he has a dream, and in the dream, the angel of the Lord tells him, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because that which is conceived of her in her is of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and he goes on, and he says, and you shall call him Jesus. Mary knows the name. Angel told Mary, Jesus. <laughs> Joseph knows the name, Jesus. And so here we come, and now we've got uh, Elizabeth. She's been pregnant for some time now. Mary's got this news, and she takes off to go see Elizabeth because in the midst of the angel encounter that Mary has, he says, and your relative Elizabeth is pregnant too, and she's in her third month. So Mary takes off. Let's go visit the relative. I don't know if it's auntie or but I, I like to think of her as Auntie. Let's go see Auntie Elizabeth. So they're heading over to see Elizabeth. And as she gets there, she comes into the house. Look what happens. <clears throat> Mary enters Zachariah's home and she greets Elizabeth. Wow. No. At the beginning of this exchange, you've got to realize something, especially for us as men. This is the power of women getting together. This is girl power. This is, this is amazing stuff that's happening in the scripture here. So she comes and she gives a greeting to Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, how many would like to have a close, intimate relationship with the Lord that when you come and you just greet someone, shalom, hello there, what's up? That there's anointing that's released and the person is encountered by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. The baby leaped in her womb. Wow. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Lord, could we see more of that today? Could we see among brothers and sisters that when we just greet one another, that there's a release of the Holy Spirit that causes the other to be filled? And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Girls can get loud. As far as we know, it's just Elizabeth and Mary. And if Zechariah is there, we don't have to worry about him interrupting because he can't talk. So it's, it's the two, and they're going to go after it. And she says, blessed are you among women. Hmm. I'd say she's blessed among all people but especially among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. See, we don't get to the Beatitudes until we get to Mark or Matthew 5, 
But here we find in Luke chapter 1, the first beatitude of the New Testament. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. And then she just realizes, who am I? But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth, she's able to recognize that Mary is pregnant as she's coming to her and that the one within her is the savior of the world. It's her Lord. And she already, through the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, is able to discern that. There's, there's no record that anybody ran off in, in the gossip grapevine had already gotten around to all the relatives that Mary was pregnant. But she knew it. She knew it just when she came in and brought her greeting. So amazing. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Therefore, when I think of joy and we're celebrating joy, we, we know the joy that Elizabeth had upon hearing Mary's greeting, but also John the Baptist. He had great joy. He was leaping for joy. I don't know if you remember those days. We used to just get so excited. We're in the seminary. Our first baby is on the way. Knew that Crystal was coming April, if she, if she was on time. <laughs> and so I had no classes, and we would just watch her move in Debbie's tummy. And it's just like, I think she's gonna be a soccer star. This girl's, you know, moving a lot. Mm -hmm. The baby leaped for joy. And then this incredible next beatitude, blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. When I look at, at Mary and the Christmas story, do you realize that as the angel came to her, she could have responded in disbelief and said, that's not gonna happen. I've, I've never been with a person, there's no way. Could have had more of a Zachariah re response, but she didn't. She said, let it be to me according to your word. She believed. That's pretty easy to believe when you're in the presence of an angel. Now when you're in the presence of your fiance and you're trying to explain what has happened, uh, that might be a little harder to believe. And what we find is that Elizabeth is encouraging Mary and saying, because you've believed what the Lord has told you, you are blessed. You are blessed. It's because we believe. A lot of times we can have something from the Lord that comes to us and we put it in the category of that's just too good to be true. And we almost dismiss it. 
we hope it's going to be, but we're not really all in. We're not buying completely into the prophetic word, the, the word of the Lord, the dream, it's too great. But there's something about even everything that God initiates, and he always initiates his encounters, there's still a response on our part that we have to receive it and believe it and act upon it. And we see the fulfillment of this next beatitude. It's so amazing. So Mary is especially blessed because she is at the center of this incredible activity that God had ordained. Hmm. There's amazement all around the astonishing events from John the Baptist, uh, his birth, to all the things that entail in the following of, of, of Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, hmm. the wise men that come later. Hmm. There is joy and blessing that comes to everyone who believes what the Lord has said. See, Mary is, is an example for us. If we will receive what the Lord tells us and believe it and, and cherish it, there is a blessing and there is joy that always comes as a result of it. So here goes Mary. Man, this is girl talk taken to the next level. She is inspired and she moves, she's moved upon and she says, my soul glorifies the Lord. I don't know about you, but I, I guess still got to go back to my soul magnifies the Lord. This is the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. The response that Mary has as she believes the words that have been spoken to her is she's allowed her soul to fully embrace not just her head, not just her spirit, but her soul is in completely engaged and she is glorifying the Lord. She says, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, mm. for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He's aware. It's almost like Elizabeth, it's that same kind of tone like, but who am I that you, the mother of, of my Lord would come and, and be with me? And here she's, you, who am I that you would choose me to bless and to release your favor upon? But she understands from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Hmm. All generations will call me blessed. You know, I know as Protestants, we get all hung up with the Catholics and how they look at Mary and all this kind of stuff. But you know, I've been convicted as a Protestant that I've, I've treated Mary way too lightly. Mary is an amazing human being, an absolutely amazing human being. The mother of our Lord, wow. Mary hears the word of the Lord, receives it and believes it and cherishes it. And all through Jesus's life, she's pondering all the events that she has 
the privilege of witnessing and hearing the words that he spoke and treasuring them in her heart. Amazing. All generations will call me blessed. And I call Mary blessed. Mary is an amazing, amazing person. We get to heaven, there's gonna be so many people that we'll wanna see and just you know, spend the first trillion years with the Lord, just sitting and, and looking and beholding his glory. But somewhere along the line, I wanna see Mary. I wanna see what, <laughs> what has happened as a result of everything she went through. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. There's a, there's a real sense that Mary understands the sacredness of being impregnated by the Holy Spirit. There, it is holy, it is sacred, and she understands that. Huh. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Now as she, she's in this state of prophetic ecstasy and as she's speaking these things, these are things that are true for us today. As we receive his mercy, it's because we fear him. It's not the fear of a phobia. It's not a fear of God's gonna you know, send me to hell, God's gonna squish me or punish me or anything. No, the punishment Jesus has dealt with and now we have a father who loves us and it's like, ah, I fear him because he is so holy and he's so pure and he's got so much love and he's so different from me and yet I'm made in his image and there is a fear in his presence. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. Here we see some of the foundational things that Jesus brings in communicating the Father to us, communicating the kingdom of heaven to us on earth. And we find that it's, it's his arm, his power, we call it, he's all-powerful his omnipotence. There's nothing he can't do. Nothing is impossible for God. And she's explaining that and she's, she's hitting upon that. And he scatters the proud. There's always that, you know, he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There's something about kingdom humility that is one of the traits that every one of us should be pursuing, a humility that comes from Christ himself. The proud in their thoughts, be careful how the enemy gets us into the comparison. We look at somebody and we say, well, boy, they don't know very much, do they? They don't have very much. Boy, they're pitiful. No. That is not the kingdom. That's the ones that God blesses and goes for. But the one who judges the, the proud in their inner thoughts, yeah. He brings down rulers from their thrones. 
We see that in the Old Testament as well, that there's a real sense that God will bring one down and raise another up. Hmm. But he has lifted up the humble. You know, I think of Saul, King Saul, first king of Israel. And the guy was so shy and so bashful, and yet he was huge. He was a massive man. And yet he was hiding among the luggage, the baggage. He was, there was, a, there was kind of a, a fearful humility. But then as we see his life, it's like, oh my, how can we go, a, a humility that's defined by our shyness is different than a humility that's defined by our intimacy with Jesus. Our intimacy with Jesus brings a humility that goes to the core of our being, where our insecurities and our insufficiency and our low self-esteem will cause us to look humble, but it's not really a true humility as we see with King Saul. He has filled the hungry with good things. Amen. And we're going to have an opportunity today to do that with the food pantry, ministry of the church. One of the things that we've always taken is to remember the poor. Remember the poor. Don't forget the poor. Those have a special place in the heart of God. And it should always be a part of every local church to have a heart for the poor. And that's one of our manifestations of that, is what we do this afternoon. But he has sent the rich away empty. When I looked at it, I thought, oh Lord, this isn't politically correct. I, you know, I don't want to offend all the rich people that I have in my church. All the rich, please raise your hand. All the, yeah. Yeah. He says, you don't have any rich people in your church. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh. but the rich, they're rich in the kingdom. They're rich in true spiritual riches. But the rich, those that trust in money, he turns away empty. Why? They're not depending upon him. Everything within his kingdom in this prophetic release from Mary's heart is showing that it's those who trust and believe and come humbly before him. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be mercy, merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he has said to our fathers. And that's why we always pray for Israel, especially in this time of conflict. Lord, your word, we want to stand with you. We want to pray for Israel. Bring an end, a cessation to this conflict. Then the scripture goes on to say that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three more months. Three more months and then returned home. The joy of girl talk. Two women spending time together in the presence of the Holy Spirit amazing. One of the things that I, I want us to, to minister to 
is if you don't have a close friend, if there's a sense of loneliness, there's a spirit, there's a, there's a sense of, I don't have a spiritual person like Mary had, where she could go to Elizabeth and enjoy spending time. Because I've, I've, I've watched women when they, when they get together and they talk. You know, I watch when my wife's friends come over and they, and they get talking and it's like, wow, can they go? They can go on and on and on and they never get tired. They're energized by the exchange. It's amazing. I watch it in the office. Linda comes in and Michelle lights up and those two can talk and talk and talk. Anne comes in. There's another dimension of talk, 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 talk. It's, it's kind of like, I think whoever Linda talks to, it could be talk, talk, talk. There's something about, about that. When, when, when you commune with the Holy Spirit and you spend time with him, when you start to engage people, even if it's you know, the weather, it, it's what's happening at the market, it's, it's uh, how's the kids doing, all of a sudden there's a sense of presence there. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot of other stuff. I'm gonna cut that quick just because it's rather late. I gotta remember that our Advent celebrations take a little more time. So let's cut a little, we'll trim a little out here. Let's end with the, with the shepherds. We've already heard them, but that's another source of joy. The joy that Elizabeth and John the Baptist, I include John on that conversation, and Mary, and everything that happens and then the angelic announcement. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, absolutely terrified. I, I won't embellish that, but I know what that is. I've been terrified by his presence. I've been to where I didn't know if I was going to be able to breathe because his presence was so great. Terrified, but not horrified. There was no horror in it, but it was absolutely terrible. The only, terrified is the only word that comes close. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Great joy. For who? All the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Lord. Mm. So we have a beautiful invitation to joy. A lot of times we come up with our reasons why we can't be joyful, why we can't receive joy. Uh, we've got sorrow in our heart. We may have lost a loved one. Uh, we may have lost a job. Uh, we may have had an engine blow in our car. Uh, we've got all sorts of life situations that are strategically designed to still kill and destroy, rob us of our joy. Could be that we're running low on money. That's a real joy zapper. Mm. Could be relationships. It could be that there's a difficulty in a relationship and that has made it difficult to receive joy. We're not talking about just happiness because of earthly circumstances, but we're talking about joy that comes in a spiritual dynamic in our connection with God, regardless of what our circumstances are. 
A lot of times when I look at joy, I just look at my world and what can I be joyful about in my world instead of his world. What is there to rejoice about in the world of the Lord? All of his kingdom. When I find what there is to rejoice about in his world, I'm amazing how that influences the joy in my world. Hmm. So let's pause and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come, minister to our hearts. We thank you for this beautiful invitation to joy today, Lord. We're so thankful for the women of the scripture, how powerful they are, and how when they meet with you and believe what you say, you anoint and you release, and that there's power that goes forth and affects one another. And we pray that, Father, not just for our women, but for our men, for every child of God. I pray that there would be a, a, a release of a greater anointing to use language and greetings in ways that will build and release your spirit in another. And that we might enjoy the fruit of that in a time of powerful conversation. I ask now, Father, for the one who has never had a spiritual friend, that they could be absolutely open and receive the give and take, not a discipler to a disciplee, but I pray for sister to sister and brother to brother. I pray, Father, for relationships that because we spend time with you, we're able to release the love and the anointing, the peace, the joy from what we've received from you to another. I pray that that would go. And especially, Father, I ask now that you would release an encouragement for the one who's suffering through loneliness. Touch them, minister to them. Touch them in a way that will cause them to know that you love them. Mm. And I pray, Father, for friendship. As I was praying this morning, I, I was thinking that some of you may have a, a new dimension of friendship in your friends, yes, but some of you, because of the intimacy that you've been pouring out before the Lord, I believe that the Lord's just, I think you're right on the precipice of, of having the spiritual encounter of being acquainted with the angels that have been assigned to you. You don't have just one guardian angel. When you start doing kingdom business, I believe that there are multiple angels that are that are now on watch with you in what you've been called to do. And I believe that there's a season now of getting to know in a friendship kind of way, a ministry partner with the angelic. I pray, Father, that you would come and that you would release our awareness of when we are ministering, 
what are the dynamics that are present that are releasing the wonder of your power? And may we be good stewards of our friendships, our relationships, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.